I'm live on YouTube, on Twitter, probably on Rumble. Don't know if we're there on Rockfin yet. Probably. I was about to go live like two minutes ago. Right as I went to go click the button, this microphone dropped and slammed to the table because a screw flew out. And I had to fix them. I don't know how the screw flew out. I don't know if there's something spooky going on over here. And something I can't even see knocked the screw out. But the screw got knocked out. Happy Halloween, everybody. I don't know if you've ever gone trick-or-treating at 3... Excuse me, I knocked the microphone there. If you've never gone trick-or-treating at 3.30 in the morning, that's definitely a trick that will surprise all of the people whose door that you knock on. Especially if you're an adult. If you're a child, they might call foster services or something like that. But if you're an adult, they'll probably call the police. What I did when I was a kid once is it was like July. And I told my friends, I was like eight. And I was like, let's go trick-or-treating because when we go every Halloween, they give us candy. What if we just did it now and said, we, we like to trick-or-treat in the summer. And we went and knocked on doors all over the neighborhood. And they all went and found candy for us. Every single person gave us candy when we trick-or-treated in July. So moral of the story is, if you're a kid and you knock on someone's door and ask for candy, they're going to give it to you. Most likely. Okay, we'll just probably get on with the show right now. So it's probably, if you're on the, uh, the West Coast, it's 12.30 in the morning. If you're on the East Coast and you're still up, it's 3.30 in the morning. You're, you're either a, a night owl, an early a.m. person, or you're partying tonight. I, I, I don't know. But Halloween, did you know that Russia every year has a debate about whether or not to continue calling it Halloween? So they, they've had multiple proposals of legislation to try and get it changed because they don't want it to reflect Western culture. So just last week, the head of social policy over there, he, he suggested rebranding it to better reflect Russian national traditions. And he said that he proposes to celebrate Halloween in Russia under the name of the Day of Spooky Fairy Tales and Stories. Which I, 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 don't, I, don't know, I don't know if that translation is exact, but I would come up with a better title than that. That's, that's just too much of a mouthful there. And then he said, that way we will get away from being tied to Western culture and foreign names, but we will retain the fun that many people are used to. And then he went on to say that as an element of pro-Western, or he said he proposes to celebrate Halloween under the new name, because as an element of pro-Western propaganda, that, that it reflects what, what, whatever culture we're trying to pass with. I don't know what we're trying to propagandize Russians with, with Halloween. Are we trying to normalize hot chicks dressing slutty and drinking a little too much on Halloween? Is that what they're afraid of over there? I think it probably already happens. But whatever, Russia, do whatever you want. What if that's what set off World War III? What if Russia finally said... We're no longer call, we are no longer calling it Halloween. It will be the day of spooky fairy tales and stories. And that is the, the Franz Ferdinand right there. And Biden's like, don't, don't, don't change the name of Halloween. And just blast some nukes over there because that's what set them off. Maybe, if you can see the image behind me, by the way, this is Kamala Harris and Joe Biden celebrating a romantic Halloween at Camp Crystal Lake. I'll step aside so those watching can see it. 
every year. These two sneak away to Camp Crystal Lake, and they have a little rendezvous. So here's what we're going to talk about today. I need to get into the show. I'm just, I like Halloween personally, but, you know, I'm probably too old to be celebrating. I'm definitely too old to be trick-or-treating anymore. I know that. I definitely know that. So today we're going to talk about, if I can find my notes correctly. Okay, here we go. All right. Again, I'm going to do my clean intro for the podcast, so I apologize for those watching live. i got to do the clean intro here. Oh, before I do that, my dog Edmund, his, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday to the bestest dog that there is. He's over there sleeping on the couch. You're a good boy, buddy. You're very loyal and a great boy. Halloween dog. He was the runt of nine. And he is a very enthusiastic pupper, so I very much appreciate him on this Halloween. And now we're going to talk today about your car, if you have a smart car. I don't know if you drive a smart car, but if you're driving a smart car, your car is watching you bone. I know it's weird, sounds very weird, but it's true. Your car might be a peeping Tom on wheels, if it's smart enough anyway, because as it turns out, while all your other smart devices are also spying on you, none of them are as big of a creep as your pervert car is, because according to a Mozilla Foundation study, who at, they, did, they conducted a data privacy assessment of on 25 major automakers, uh, their car tech in these automakers, and they found that cars are the worst category of products for privacy, which is a little bit surprising for people. You know, you're worried about your webcam. It's your car that is actually getting all the data and spying on you. And these are newer cars, obviously. Computers on wheels, really. Like, everything's a computer now. Our, our phones are just computers that we talk into. Now, our cars are computers that, that we drive. If you have uh, a newer car, and I guess that you also talk to, because you can use your, your car as a phone uh, as well. But you can also have sex in front of your car, apparently, according to this story. Here's a little bit about the study. Of the 25 uh, car companies that Mozilla, their security expert, looked at, all 25 of them failed to meet the crucial benchmark safeguards that were set by the security experts over there. And they do this every year, researching you know, companies, cybersecurity, protection, stuff like that. And to kind of give you a comparison, when they did... The same study on mental health apps, which I've never used one of those, only 63% of those failed to meet the same standard. So all the cars failed, only some of the mental health apps. So that's still not good. You know, 63% failure rate is, is telling you that it's not good. But, you know, I don't know what the, what the failure rate of an actual in-person therapist is. So it might be comparable there. But driving-wise, it's just kind of crazy. You sit in your car. And you think you're going somewhere and your car is just sucking up all of this data from you that it's going to be selling and using. And there's some really crazy stuff that this, this study found. Well, let me get my notes up. I'm going to change my, my view on my document. It's just, I don't like the side view because it, it accidentally switches over and it gets my, uh, loses my place. Okay, so here's what Mozilla said. They said... Yeah, right. They said, while we are worried that our doorbells and watches that connect to the internet might be spying on us, car brands quietly entered the data business by turning their vehicles into powerful data gobbling machines. 
machines that, because of all of those brag-worthy bells and whistles, have an unmatched power to watch, listen, and collect information about what you do and where you go in your car. And these cars, apparently they learn about us based on how we interact with them, based on all of our connected device. We plug our phone in to charge it, whatever else. And based on the apps, some of these cars come with apps pre-installed. TikTok is pre-installed. on. I mean, Chinese TikTok is, is already on some people's cars when they buy them new. And they also get the data from third-party sources like Sirius XM Radio and Google Maps. And they are equipped with sensors, microphones, cameras, and telematics which I think telematics are the screens that you mess with with a lot of the, probably I think the touch screens. And I, I don't have a deep understanding of the technology of it, but I know that I don't have a smart car because of this very reason. My brother's a mechanic. I told him years ago, I said, look, you need to brand your auto shop as you sell, all, you sell dumb cars because dumb cars are the future because people do not want this happening. And, and this is, like it's crazy what they found. And so so you, they, they went through and they tested these cars and they also went through all of the privacy notices, the stuff that nobody ever reads when they buy the cars and they sign the, you know, the bottom line. And some of the info that is collected, it, it's anything from your medical information, your genetic info, how fast you drive, where you drive to, what songs you play while you drive, and, and information about your sex life. That's information about your set. That's in the actual fine print of Nissan and Kia. Those two. I mean, this is weird, though, because nobody's having sex in the back of a Kia. So why are they collecting your data? I don't think anyway. Maybe I've never driven a Kia. I'm just assuming Nissan, maybe. But they use all of that data that they collect. It is they make inferences of what you might do and what you might be. So it's like predictive AI technology that they have. So they collect all that data and then they infer about your intelligence, your abilities, and your interests. There are cars that try and gauge what your IQ is based on all of this personal data that they collect, including your car watching you have sex in the back of your car, I guess. Maybe it walks up to your window and, and peeks in the outside. I, I, I don't know listens to your phone, it definitely collects you know, stuff from your phone. I want to be, or at least I want to be a fly on the wall in the meeting where they're talking about, what do we need to include in these data process? We're the Nissan meeting here. We, we're going to get this data. We're going to, where they drive, obviously, how they use the, the map quest, how fast they go. We're going to track their, whether or not they speed or not. Somebody, somebody pops up and goes, what about their, their sex life? Shouldn't we be monitoring their sex life through their cars? That's a effing good idea. It's the least thing they would expect. And they put these microphones and these. For all we know, they have infrared. So we have these cameras that we thought Israel had that could see through walls and stuff. These thermal cameras. Maybe Nissan and Kia actually has those real hardcore thermal cameras. And your car is just like a terrorizing uh, um, kit from Knight Rider and uh, the love bug, and it's just watching you do whatever it is that you do through your walls. Do not get a smart car. Like, it's not worth it. Do, like, everybody had the dream. Like, there's this dream of everybody's going to have a smart driverless car. Like, that's the first thing people want to do. They want to get a driverless car, and then they don't want to go crawl in the back seat and, and then put on their, their, their VR headset and pretend like they're having sex with somebody. 
or actually have sex with somebody. Depends on whatever your, your, your preference is. But, but there's, it's not going to be a rolling brothel anymore unless you're just okay with your car tracking how often you do that and then ramming in to, to somebody that you know walks, a jaywalker, because they're not trained to protect jaywalkers while you have sex in, on your VR machine in the back of the car. I, I you know, got off track there for a second. But, so that's what they do with the data. Here's, here's some actual numbers of what they do. <laughs> with the data. Obviously, they use it for their own research, marketing, and general business purposes. But 84% of these car companies, I'll tell you what some of the car companies are, and they're, you're going to be very familiar with them. They share your personal data with service providers, data brokers, and other businesses. Your car does. 76% of them, they say that they will sell your personal data. And 56% of your smart car dealers, they will give your information to the police and to the government simply based on an informal request. That's it. No official request is needed. It's written in, it's written in the contract. All they have to do is just ask us for it. And bam, there you go. There's all the times that they've had sex in the general vicinity of the car and whatever else is tracking. Fortunately, though, the auto brands, they, they did do at least one thing very well. They protect your data from cyber threats, except that they don't actually protect your data from cyber threats. This research company found that every single one of these car brands, all 25 of them, failed to meet that, the standard of, of cybersecurity. So they're all vulnerable to cyber hacking. So not only is your most vulnerable type of data being harvested by these car companies, hackers. I mean, we've seen like 25-year-olds and 18-year-olds hack all of Las Vegas recently, MGM, hotels, and casinos. And the cars, according to the study, have just a fraction of the cybersecurity stuff in place that all that you know normal targets of cybersecurity. I would not get in a smart car, like seriously. I mean, that's, 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 uh, that's probably a good horror movie. If somebody ha has probably already done that, I'm sure. Hack the smart car. I'm sure that's been done. But man, this is just... Because people don't think about that. Like, they might think about their Alexa or their ring cam or their phone. But, but you get in your car and, and you're like, oh, I'm free to have a little bit of privacy. But no, you're not. They're worse than every single one of them. So Nissan and Kia are the two companies who want your sex data. Those are the two. I mentioned that. Their policies, and this says it in their, their policies on their website and, and in the form that you sign when you buy one of their cars. It labeled sexual activity and sex life as something that they collect when it comes to data collection. Again, I don't know anybody who has a Kia who's having sex in the back of their car, but I don't have a Kia. Nissan, on top of that, they also said that they will share and sell Consumers' preferences, characteristics. This is crazy, man. Their, their, their characteristics, their psychological trends, their predispositions, their behavior, their attitudes, their intelligence, their abilities, and their, and their aptitudes. That, that, that is all data. So, so they, get, they collect all your data. And as I said a moment ago, these car companies have this AI technology that infers based on the data they collect how you will behave and then they will take that behavior that they inferred and they will sell it to these companies and then 
you know, you'll start, somebody's going to show up with a dildo next to your car. Would you like to buy a dildo? We heard about how you like to have sex in your car. Whatever. It's just like crazy. I mean, that is wild. And this, they will also infer if you have a predisposition to drink, if you're at, if your car will infer if you are acting depressed. And apparently if you're good at chess. So you could get in your Nissan car and if you've been bummed out, it's going to create a little file that says that you're possibly depressed. I don't know what they'll do with that. They could potentially send that to the FBI because they also, and it says in these documents, they also look at your, your race. They also look at your gender, all of that shit. So all the, the stuff that determines what political side you're, you're on. So they could vary what your car could report you to the FBI for being a potential MAGA domestic terrorist threat who's a little bit depressed right now. And then they arrest you and they save hundreds of lives because your, your Nissan car will probably plant some, some evidence, to, to like a false flag. And then the Nissan flag is, is all, not the flag, but the Nissan car is the good guy with the gun for, for the left because it did predictive policing and it stopped you. This, I mean, it's, it's just fucking crazy. Shit, man. I drive a really old car. I mean, this is why I drive an old car. Like, this, this shit is why I drive an old car. I see some of the comments down here. P Panda has a... <laughs> uh, sometime... I, what's that say? I'm checking out the comments on chat. i got multiple screens. I've told you guys that before. I'm trying to get my, uh, my setup square delay. See what's going on over here. Denver Attaway says, it's all about the insurance on the surface level. Deep multinational systematic intel snoops. Risk profile. Yeah, dude. Total. This is exactly what this is. It's exactly what this is. It's wild. It's, it makes me think of that episode of Black Mirror. It's one of the first ones. I think it might be in the first season where it's the social credit score, which is what ESG was ultimately supposed to be that for companies and trickle down to the individual and they still have that in place. But just this stuff, and I'm going to talk about Biden's AI executive order that he signed yesterday, because I think it all relates to this. Is they, they want to like, they want to infuse everything with AI. And AI sucks. Like AI's not, it's very stupid. It can do some cool things if you ask it the right questions. But, but it's, if it does anything good, really, it's because the person prompting it has messed around and gotten good at asking questions, leveraging the amount of data it can find. You just got to direct it in the right way. But most of the time, it's, it's, it's stupid. And yet, they're creating these bills because they want to, like, use it to create... I think they want to create bioweapons with it, honestly. I'll get to that right after this here. So, God, it's so wild. So, all right. Best idea if you have a smart car is read the fine print, get rid of your smart car. I, it's, I just, I think you don't want to have it. I, I think that old cars are going to be in demand in the next few years and the smart cars are, they, they can shut, they can probably shut down the old cars unless it's like really super old, but the smart cars, they can definitely flip the, sw flip the switch and shut it down and know exactly who you are based on all the data that they, oh, they had it clicked. This is what I wanted to say. So some of the, the, the companies that they evaluated, it's not just Kia, it's Ford, it's Toyota, it's te Tesla was the lowest ranked. So Tesla had the worst score of all of this. 
they, they didn't have any, like, every, they were collecting more data than anybody else. So they ranked last. It was also Jeep, Subaru, BMW, Honda, Chevy. Man. And they make Teslas and all these cars so, so cool and people want to get in it. Nissan. Yeah, so Nissan will also track your psychological trends and your predispositions and your behavior and your attitudes and intelligence, as I said. And then they will sell them and they will give them to, the, to law enforcement. And they will also, yeah, this is wild, dude. Your ge- what are your genetic characteristics? They don't tell you because the study said they, 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 try, they requested what the methodology is of how they um, collect genetic characteristics. And they got no answer. They have no idea how they do it. That's why I say people having sex in the backseat of their car is one of them. That's, de- that's what people do. You know, this isn't the 70s anymore. You, you don't have a, you know, a, a hard muscle car that's not connected to the government. So you can't do that anymore. You got to go somewhere else. You got to go off grid to have sex without the government watching. That's just the fact of the matter. If you don't want Joe Biden to watch you having sex, you have to go off grid because He's tapped in to every single home in the country. And they've got signals that trigger it. And that creepy motherfucker only wakes up to watch people. I mean, he is so fucking creepy. God, that's crazy. Okay. Can you imagine that? Like, like, maybe, so the car does this predictive technology stuff, right? So what if it predicts too much? What if, like, it gets so used and because it, it does these inferences based on your data and your habits, and you're on a date or something, and then the car just says, "Oh, well, this is the time and the date where he usually tries to make a move," and it just starts, you know, moving the seat backwards of your. And she's like, "Why is my seat moving backwards? Why is your steering wheel pulling your pants off? Where did this ball gag come from?" Like, like your car gets way too specific about its inferences based on your past behavior. I could see this happening. I'm never, I mean, this, is about, this will make me, I will never ride one of those scooters, a bicycle I could do, but not, not on the street. So the AI, or the AI executive order that Biden signed, speaking of peep, peeping Toms, who Biden's just like your car, he signed this yesterday, and part of it is this. This is what was said by his official, who's this guy? A senior administrative official a no-named senior administrative official, because they like to keep their names on the news. He said, President Biden believes that we have an obligation to harness the power of AI for good while protecting people from its potentially profound risk. This is what President Biden is doing for us. He has looked at the landscape. He's taken a break from watching people screw in their cars. And he's like, you know, I'm worried about AI obviously, because I'm watching this, and I need to make sure it doesn't hurt. I have a hard time believing that a guy who spends more time, you know, trying to plunge us into World War III or or protect his son and him from financial influence evidence of the the buying crime, I don't believe that he's ever doing anything for the good of humanity. They should never use that. Like, it's, it's just so disingenuous when they say, oh, he wants to do anything. He doesn't want to do fucking anything for good. He doesn't even know what's going on. It just pisses me off. When they say, the president wants to do this for the good. He doesn't fucking know what is happening. Ben Buchanan, who is a White House senior advisor for AI. What a title is that? What do you do? Well, I'm the White House senior advisor for AI. 
Okay. He said that probably some of uh, the order's most significant actions are setting standards for AI safety, security, and trust. And then require that companies notify us of large-scale AI development and that they share the test of those systematic systems in accordance with those standards before it goes out to the public. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to capture in- innovation. They're just like fucking China. They're, they're trying to put something out there that says, if you start to develop a technology that we can weaponize, you need to let us know or we'll take it away from you. And it might be cool to you, but it's a weapon of war for us. This is exactly what they're talking about. They want to cut off the potential for people to use AI for whatever they want. And yeah, so it needs eyes and ears on humanity to track the singularity, says Denver. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, it's like crazy how monitored we are, but sometimes how not monitored it seems like we are because we see stories of the shooter the other day how long was it It took him like three days to find that guy i I, you know i you know a lot of people probably i mean there's a lot that story is a little weird definitely i do think people can escape if if they if they want them to escape and if they're not focused on them all the time i think you can subvert the technology a little bit but I have a hard time believing that they can't find people. That's what I have a hard time believing. There are cameras everywhere. It's just to say that someone, dis- the Las Vegas shooter, where did that motherfucker, what happened to that dude? I mean, what crock of shit? Everything in Las Vegas is monitored. But of course, and we look, I don't even want to get into Israel and Gaza. How do they get across? You get $380 million, billion dollars a year specifically for your border security, and people parachute, they parachute in. How do we subvert the $380 billion? Well, parachutes shut all the fucking tech down, all of it. Cameras don't work when parachutes, it's just so stupid. It's all bullshit. These people are, I fucking hate these people. Okay, I shouldn't say, I hate what they do. They lie. They fucking lie all the time. I'm doing a show tomorrow evening where I'm going through, because that made me think of it, and I don't want to get into it right now, so I'm going to tease it, where I'm going to go through it. So there's a book called Propaganda Techniques in, in World War, written by Harold Laswell in 1927. And I've read this book probably five times. And it's like the best book for, for he analyzes the propaganda techniques that coerced a number of countries into World War I when they were not going to go into it. And it was the first, because technology had advanced to a point where communication could, could spread around the world better than, it, so the world was smaller than it ever had been before. And so they used that to make propaganda kind of the biggest arm of that war. And he just diagnoses the techniques that worked and didn't. This is like an elitist with all those other guys. And man, when you read this book and then you parallel it to what's going on, I mean, he's got like uh, pages and pages about using religion to to just get people jacked up and and non-thinking and ready to kill. It's like, it's crazy. It's a hundred year old book and you could diagnose everything going on right now. That's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. It's too much to do this early in the morning. So I'll give back to what I was talking about. Denver says, shut the tech down and ground every hell. Man, it's like a, 
I think about that sometimes. I, I the technology is how we're controlled. It's also how we find stuff. It's also how we connect each other. It, it's something that they unleashed and then they have scaled back. They've tried to wrangle in, and I think I, on a personal level, I think that taking breaks from technology is like like the best thing. I think it's we should all do that. We should all take breaks on it. Kids, I, Steve Jobs did not let his kids use iPads and iPhones because he knew how, how addictive they were. But they mass sell those things and you're trying to work, you're trying to survive, the parents are, and then your kid's screaming and you just need them to be quiet. So you, you put them in front of a screen or you give them an iPad, whatever. They understand how that works. I used to play clips a couple years ago, this was a uh, psychological warfare operator. It was one of these conferences that the, the military was holding. And the guy was talking about how they love the fact that kids are always, three-year-olds is specifically what he said, are always holding screens because that was direct contact that the, and this was a propaganda war, information warfare operator, that they had directly to the kids' minds through that screen through YouTube, through whatever other access points they have. That is a point of contact. And this is what Edward Bernays always talked about, is everything that you see. It's all about information points of contact. So it, doesn't, it could be the, the writing on a bathroom wall in your favorite dive bar. You might think some chick was like, hey, for a good time, call 555, whatever. But that was probably like an FBI trying to see who calls that number so they can set somebody up for some sort of false flag later. Everything is a point of contact when it comes to information. Billboards on the side of buses, uh, billboards just in the sky, it, it, fortune fucking cookies. If I were propagandist, I would just fill fortune cookies with propaganda instead of just general note. You know, if I were propagandist, I, well, I, I would put people's specific names on fortune cookies and I, and I would tell them to do specific things. Because can you imagine if you just picked one, like, first, middle, and last name, and you wrote specific messages in, like, 100,000 fortune cookies, knowing that the odds are that you would eventually hit someone who has that name, and this per everybody gets this general message, you will be strong today, and the sun will shine, but he's like, uh, John Frederick uh, Erickson, you must go punch Joe Biden in the balls. And he's like, holy shit, it's a prophecy. God has spoken to me. Like, I could see them doing shit like that. Or this guy was talking about, this shooter was talking about how he used to hear shit. And there was a little bit of talk about his hearing aids and, and whatnot. And then that always triggers the thoughts of targeted individuals. I know you guys, we've all, anybody who listens to this show has probably done a deep dive on targeted individuals and the technology that they've been testing for decades to where there can be like a CIA agent miles away you know, whispering something into some <laughs> directed technology going right at this person's ear, and this person sounds like he's hearing it in his head. I'm not saying that's what happened here. I'm just saying this technology is something that the government's been studying for a very long time. I don't know what's going on with the hearing aid stuff. It's just uh, the whole I, I, the whole story's weird, and I feel like the reason that after they caught him, I feel like it's died down a bit because I do want to focus on Israel, but I feel like they must not have, or maybe they're holding, this, the, the evidence that this is a, a MAGA radical. They want this person to be a MAGA radical. That's what they want. They, they want this to be the domestic terrorist. 
The, the, yeah, an interface point. Exactly. It's, it's like everything is a provocation. It's such a pro. Now is the time to be, a, be an effing Buddhist, man. To just be the... Just, they, they want to provoke people. And they have got this formula of psychological warfare manipulation where they target specific demographics and they have more data your freaking car, man, your car, like we just talked about, creates psychological profiles that in the contract, when you buy it, says that they will give that data, your psychological profile, to the police if they ask for it. Like, your car is like an undercover informant. And they take that data and then they use all their Freudian, Freudian bullshit that they've tested for like 100 years. People like write that shit off, but man, they have spent money for like 150 years at least testing different types of psychological manipulation techniques, much of it based in Freud. Tavisak Institute where, is where a lot of it came from. Edward Bernays, Freud's nephew, they, they fucking get to people and certain groups and they get to them through individuals that people don't expect. So I was, I was rereading this book again earlier, and, and it was talking about how the propagandists, if they want to be successful in their, their war propaganda campaign, is they will go, you look at the America or whatever the country is, and you break up America into all these different demographics. And people have all these different cross-interests and whatnot, and which back then was a lot harder to decipher. Today, with Facebook and all the social media and the data you get when you download a, when you uh, have a podcast that you, you look at where people listen and stuff, you can pinpoint some shit, right? And so they just look at that data, and then they say, who is going to be the most influential person to this group of people right here that they are least likely to question if this person tells them something? Is it Joe Rogan? Is it, is it their preacher? Is it their mom? Who is it that can exercise influence over them? And then they go to that person, and if they think that person is going to go along with it, then maybe they'll just say, hey, let's fuck with these motherfuckers. Or they will send somebody who they think will influence that person. It's a whole... Ideally, they want people to be true believers at every level. The less people you can have actively manipulating people, the, the less likely it is that it's going to fall apart. Because if people are, if they truly believe some bullshit, then they will fight hard for it. And so they look for that chain of who is the most influential person to the, to the influential person, to the group of people, to whoever, all the way down. And then they convince people that they know how to see, you know how to see propaganda. It looks like Hillary Clinton, or it looks like the person you would never believe. They never say propaganda looks like the person you would never question, because that's what propaganda really looks like. That's where it comes from. Uh, yes, it comes from those other people, but not to you. It's for the other people. That's for. It's, it's, the, it's the people you don't question, they use that, and they use that fucking tribalism. They use that religious shit. He talks so much about the religious shit where Laswell, he just writes like, yeah, I'm going to give you a quote right now. I'm going to tease him because it's just too, it's too relevant right now and it's on my mind. So I got to tell it to you. Hold on, let me open my document. I know I'm all over the place right now, so I do apologize for that. But it's this stuff gets you, it gets you, gets you going, man. It, it, I'm worried. I don't know if you guys are. I just, 
I think something's going to happen. I mean, something kind of did happen here with the shooting. I think they're trying to pop shit off. I think it's time to get water. I think it's time to really get your storable foods. I know that's, that's a thing that's like, I would always talk about that, but not necessarily get as much as I needed. I'm getting all my shit now. Like, this is seriously some shit. I think that America is targeted to uh, be knocked back. I don't think we're going to win this war, to be honest with you. I think, we're, I think it's been designed for us to lose it for a long time. I think that's been part of the Great Reset every single time. Denver says, we are hammered with branding. Keyed at, keyed at, yeah, we are. Ads hit us every single day. And uh, the mental conditions people, the mentally conditions people to accept projected branding rather than understand details. Absolutely. 100%. They do not want people thinking. And if you read the propaganda literature, I used to tell my, my progressive friends this when they... They used to think that I was this big right winger, and I'm like, I'm not a right winger. I, I just, I, I think everyone's, I, they're all lying to us. I'm not emotionally connected to any of them because I don't know them. I, I don't have any hero worship of these political figures because their job is to lie to us. Like to trust a political figure, like without just, you know, earning your trust beyond any measure that's ever happened in history. Ron Paul, your level. I mean, even beyond that, you should never trust anyone. You should be skeptical of the people you do. You have an instinct to trust in politics because those are the ones who are going to fuck you because that's their fucking job. The Tuskegee experiment, like that is like what I'd go back to with people. The Tuskegee experiment where they did not inject people with, with syphilis. What they did with the Tuskegee experiment is... They went and found, so they, they advertised for a free screening, and they were going to give free health care to people who came in, and they brought all these people in. They went to a, a poor part, I think it was Alabama, I think, and all these people came in in this poor community, and what they were doing was looking for people with syphilis. So they weren't going to inject them with it. They were looking for people with syphilis so that they didn't have to. Now, once they took the project to Guatemala, where they didn't have to follow the Constitution and care about people's rights, they did inject people with, with syphilis and, and every other fucking thing they could think. They injected diseases into children's eyeballs. It's the most awful thing. There's, the, our government is still being sued as of 2022 for billions of dollars by the relatives of the people they fucked over in Guatemala. It's the craziest shit you've ever heard. And, and we just, what, what's, they're apologizing? What the fuck has changed? Well, we're sorry. Did anything change? It was John Hopkins University. John Hopkins University is the same fucking university that was propagating all the fucking COVID bullshit. And so when you tell people that, and I did over and over again, uh, it, you're, you're, you're racist because you're trying to get black people to not take the vaccine, so you want them to die. I'm like, no, I want them to live is what I want. I'm just telling them the fucking history why they shouldn't trust you motherfuckers because you've done nothing to fucking earn it. And this, this, the Tuskegee experiment, the way they would manipulate these black people, and they did it for 40 fucking years. 45, so they found this group, and the doctor, I, I showed these documents from the doctors. They started in the Tuskegee experiment, then they went and led it. These are John Hopkins doctors. They went over to the Guatemala experiment, and they said that their goal was to watch syphilis destroy. They wanted to see the corpse of these people's bodies after decades of having syphilis ravage their bodies. The ravaged, cor ravaged syphilis 
corpse body is what their goal was. And in order to do that, they had to convince them that they were the only doctor they should ever see. They had to make sure these people never saw any other doctors who told them, hey, you're sick and you're not being treated. So they had to run interference, right? So how do you run interference with a bunch of, a group of African-American guys to prevent them from finding out that they actually have syphilis and they aren't being, so they give them free food. and all shit. I'll tell you how they do it. They get a sweet black nurse who they trust. You're not going to get a white dude. Not going to get a white dude who they don't trust. They send a sweet black nurse who drives them to all their appointments, who brings them warm food, who goes over and takes care of them. This, I'm your nurse. And make sure that none of the doctors that they ever visit ever tell them. And then they contact, and they did this, all of the African-American doctors in uh, like a 30-mile radius of where these people were. And they got those doctors to agree to never tell these people that syphilis was destroying the inside of their body. So the way they were able to fucking just annihilate the body, it's all, I fucking hate it. And they call you, call you racist for fucking telling people this shit. The way they were able to kill these people systematically, slowly, painfully, was by convincing them that everything was okay by appealing to them through black doctors and a black sweet nurse. And this is my point, is the propaganda is not coming from the people you are inclined to distrust. It's coming from the ones they think you're, you're least likely to ever fucking question. The, the, I fucking hate the Tuskegee experiment, man. The, the, and the audacity of them to tell you you're fucking racist for telling people that. You're fucking racist for telling people. Well, you, go, fuck your, go fuck yourself, dude. They made all these videos, too, during the pandemic where they were like, they brought these Tuskegee Airmen, and I think Biden was intentionally like calling the Tuskegee Airmen and the Tuskegee. They they wanted to they wanted to transfer the the valor of the Tuskegee Airmen to the term Tuskegee because everybody had a negative feeling when they heard Tuskegee. So they did this campaign where Biden kept saying Tuskegee a lot, the, the black Tuskegee airmen. And like, thank God they were in the air. Otherwise, the government would have been making sure they, they had syphilis and never treating them. I mean, fuck these motherfuckers. That was not even close to what I'm going to talk about. That's what, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. But with this tribal warfare, it's just a it's important to not be emotional. After being emotional for like 15 minutes, I'm like, it's important to not be emotional. <laughs> right? And it's not easy. It is not easy to not be emotional. They, their whole thing is to get you upset and to direct your anger towards someone that they have convinced you is the bad guy or the enemy. And I'm telling you, right now, I'm seeing this more than I've ever seen it in my life. It's... Like everything that I've read about, I, I've studied propaganda since I was in, in college, like for a long time. And all of these this deception tactics they use, you see a lot of them, but I've never seen it so apparent as I have right. I mean, this is World War III propaganda. This is what they do leading up to wars. Yes, they propaganda us all, all the time, but leading up to a war there's a very there's a little bit of a different way that they do it and we're seeing that and i see everybody who are the main voices 
agree left and right on the international narrative. The Ben Shapiros are agreeing with the Joe Bidens, right? And anybody who questions that, anybody who is logical at all, is branded bad or siding with terrorists simply for asking a question that any logical observer would say, I'm just trying to get an answer. They don't even want you to ask a question to certain things. And if you do, you are labeled, uh, well, you must be supporting Hamas. No, nobody's supporting Hamas. It is, you, you can dislike both sides of all. Net, Netanyahu is, is experimented on his public and he admits he experimented on it. He injected them with vaccines forcefully. He forces women to be in the military. Okay? You cannot like Hamas. You can think they're terrorists. And you can also not like Netanyahu. It's the fucking governments leading these fucking people, manipulating them and using them as pawns that are the bad people. But if you say that, the Ben Shapiros of the world will fucking uh, just go off on you. And, and like I, I have friends who, who you can talk to them and they'll see, they'll see, yeah, logically, I understand that. But then, you know, you're away from them for a week and then they come back and they're just, they're just all, they, they're like, yeah, I'll, I'm joining the one side ready to fight this war. This is World War III. This is World War III and it only works if we let them take us. That's the way it works. The propaganda... Laswell talks about this shit. He says the most important group in war propaganda are the people who are neutral, who do not want war, who it's difficult to get using religious and surface-level propaganda. Those are the people who will most influence which way this goes, which means the type of propaganda we're seeing is targeting people like us. They want to scare us like, like it's just crazy it's like the ron paul thing the only time you see the democrats and republicans get together is when ron paul says something like they hate each other and then they'll both attack ron paul it's that whole thing but man it's scary it's like crazy right now so even see, they have turned logical statements into something that you feel like you can only go whisper to, to your buddy when nobody else is around or are you worried that you're going to get attacked, man? I mean, this religious aspect of it, I, I, I believe in God. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I pray, I believe in God. I think obvious, I don't think that like somebody made us, but I, I don't know what religion is correct. Like, I, I don't know. I don't judge anybody's religion. I know there's books that say things that are, it's just all crazy to me that they're appealing to this religious aspect. And I think they're doing it because they have, Americans have a strong Christian faith. And how do you get all that, that weapons power from America? Well, of course you're going to get up there and say that this is the rapture. Of course you're going to get up there and say all the shit that's in the Bible. Is it, is it an unreasonable question to ask? Hey, maybe, maybe he's a false prophet. Maybe Netanyahu read the Bible or whoever got them there, and maybe they said, hey, we can get all these Christians in America to blindly go along with us if we pretend like all this shit is going on. Is that an unreasonable question? Because that's what evil does, is evil pretends to be good. And when we cease to be able to ask questions, then we are at the mercy of evil. 
It's unbelievable to me. It's not, you don't have to be on anybody's side. You can just say, fuck war altogether, get out of there. It's all divide and conquer bullshit. It's, it's just bullshit, man. Man, Denver, I went off on that, didn't I? Just like, <laughs> yeah. You said you, you said you've lived in the propaganda and the freeing of being crushed underfoot of an institution uh, just going through. It's just so, it, it's, it's difficult if the propaganda machine is work, working effectively and you're one of the few minority of people who pause to have questions about it. it it's because people get angry at your questions and they get angry when you point things out. And, and I don't, I don't get, I've experienced this myself too. And once more information comes out, People are always jaded after wars. They're always jaded because the truth comes out after wars and, and people become disillusioned. They talk about this in all the propaganda books. How, in fact, they brag in, in these books. Bernays does, Laswell does, about how people were bamboozled. And after they were bamboozled, they wanted to study propaganda. That's what happened after World War I is the country was neutral. In fact, they elected a president based on a slogan of... I don't remember exactly, but it was, I will keep you out of war, Woodrow Wilson. And that's why they elected him. Going to keep us out of war, they wanted to remain neutral. And then he became pro-war and got us into the war. And they, they swayed public opinion because Americans were targeted. They had British sleeper cells, propaganda all over the country. Sir Gilbert Parker, the, the uh, British Propaganda Bureau, Lord Northcliffe, who I believe he... I know. I think he wrote for the Daily. I think he created the Daily Mail, and I believe he had some power at Washington Post. I'll have to check that one. But they used these influential figures that they sent over here to cozy up next to influential uh, politicians and influential people in media and, and actors and stuff who would be the influential figures who would then propagate their messages to everybody else. And there are just so many interesting books that documents like the tricks and stuff that they did, kind of stuff like. H.G. Uh, Wells was one of them, but he was in another country. But this guy, Sir Gilbert Parker, one of the things he talks about is talking to these celebrities. And then what he would do is he would leave documents. He would know where they were going to meet up, whether going to a gym or going to eat or whatever. And he would put documents or he would put newspapers or something that he wanted the person he was trying to manipulate to see. And so he would get there early and he would set it there. And then when they get there, the person sees it. Thinks it's their, they see it of their own volition, don't realize it was put there for them to see. And then Gilbert Parker, the propagandist, has a plan to spin that into the, the messages he wants to program his head. It's, it's definitely interesting, interesting tactics, but they used to write back and forth. The Sir Gilbert Parker guy would write to Lord Northcliffe, the British agent with the head of the British uh, Propaganda Bureau. He would write about how gullible Americans are. That they, the, the, the ones who had a, a big platform, they just had such big egos, they never thought that they could be conned. And after the war, about he, this Laswell guy wrote this book after the war, published about nine years after World War I ended. And between that time, Americans had learned that they had been conned. There's a number of things that happened that, that led to that. And maybe this is some sort of psyop to it, probably is. But there was a treaty signed, I think it was the Treaty of Paris, I think is what it was called, in 1915. And the Bolsheviks, they revealed that. They were part of it. 
I don't know why they revealed it, but they, they were probably trying to start another war. But they revealed it, and what happened was all of these allied nations had signed a treaty just dividing up all of the the world to each other. And they've been telling everybody that the reason they were fighting this war was to make the world safe for democracy. And then this treaty, which was secret, was revealed that was signed years earlier. And and they were just lying about all of it. And so that pissed everybody off. And all the people in America, probably the other countries as well, they, they demanded to know what was going on with the Committee on Public Information. And people started questioning propaganda tactics. And that led to this book of this guy writing and documenting all the tactics. And it led to something called the Institute of Propaganda Analysis in the United States, which there was, it, it, it's wild to read about this. So, so I'll show you two books here. Let's see if I can find the other one. So if you want to read two books about propaganda that are relevant to right, to right now, you can pair direct parallels. I'm going to show them to you, then I'll tell you. That's the one I've been talking about, Propaganda Technique in World War, Harold Laswell. This guy's a communications pioneer, brilliant guy. I mean, he's an elitist, but he writes very clearly. And this one. So this guy, Porter Sargent, he, so he's like one of us. He used to write these things every year where he would just dissect all the propaganda that school children and pe people uh, just around the world. He had a newsletter, and he's sarcastic and he's funny, and he's just begging people to listen that we are being plunged into World War. And it's called Getting Us Into War. It's like a 700-page book. But everything they lay out, because he talks about we're on the precipice of hell. We're on the precipice of hell right now is what we are. And they... Does it matter how loud you scream sometimes? I don't, I don't know what the answer is, to be honest with you. I just hope it doesn't come here. I hope it doesn't come here. I hope we're wrong. Everybody hate, oh, most people hate seeing people die. But every, like, they're trying to normalize like, killing children at this point, which that's always happened with wars. I think that's something that's going on right now, too. So we see all these news coverage where they're having this debate about, well, they need to make sure they follow the laws of war. The laws of war. I mean, they might as well be jerking off when they say that. They don't, none of them mean that. They, they just, the war has never been as public as it is in Israel right now, which I think is on purpose. I think they're intentionally trying to show it to us because I don't think they want to hide how, how they are anymore. I think they just want people to be okay with it. And I think people, they want people to say, it's okay to kill these children because you kill these children first. Therefore, if you don't kill them, they're going to come back later and kill everybody that you know, which is an assumption that they really don't know is true, right? They're just assuming that like it's, we're living in the 1600s and that, that's how everything works. We have, we have the ability right now, like you can act, not everybody over there wants to kill everybody. I mean, they, they've done surveys. Yeah, some of them do. Just like on both sides, some of them do. Don't fucking kill all the fuck. Don't, don't, don't get, just do, it's just, if you find yourself going with the opinion of, well, yeah, they, uh, Israel could defend itself, therefore it's justified that all the children over there must die. No, I'm sorry. It's just, to me, it's just like, I, I feel like that's just an attempt to fucking make us monsters, man. I think they're trying to turn us all into monsters because I think they want us plunged into World War III and they don't want, they don't want to see in the value of human life and people who they say are different than us. I, I, I think that's what they want. I mean, this, this Laswell book talks about that. They have to go through a systematic process of dehumanizing the other people so that people have a clean conscience and killing. So they feel like they have a moral high ground. Nobody's got the fucking moral high ground. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was fucking. Everything's awful, but but the people who were on top fucking did it. it it's just 
they funded Hamas. Fuck these people. I say this all the time. If everybody realized that it was these motherfuckers pulling the goddamn strings, trying to pit us against each other, using whatever they fucking can, religion in this part of it, which is... Man, people don't think when they use that. It's not the fucking people. People can be reached. People can be talked to. And human, like People are cool, man. It's when somebody fucking makes you think you got to kill. Fuck all of these motherfuckers, dude. I'm, I just, I hate this shit. I've gone on way too long rambling about that. It just makes me upset to see the world in a place like this. Okay, I don't want... I don't want anybody to die over there. I don't want anybody yelling. I feel like probably some of these protests we're seeing over here, we see all these stories about like the black Israelites fighting uh, with, with people and uh, uh, with Palest- pro-Palestinian rallies or whatever. And everybody who does a pro-Palestinian rally, they get branded as a pro-Hamas. It's just they are trying to eliminate nuance. They're trying to eliminate nuance. And what, you know... You don't have to just kill people who disagree with you because a lot of people don't actually understand, right? So you see a, a rally going on and there's a bunch of young people cheering and celebrating for a rally and then somebody goes on TV and says, look at all the pro-Hamas terrorists. And don't get me wrong. Everything, hum, fuck Hamas, okay? Fuck them. Fuck them. But just because there's some young people in New York City or something protesting because somebody in their improv group their fucking acting group said, told them the history that about, you know, they're being occupied and whatnot. And because on a whim and they want to be part of something, they go and hold a sign and protest. That person should be killed. That's a fucking young person. Don't know what the fuck is going on. This is why they get people in groups is they don't want anybody to interview and say, Hey, fucking think about this. Here's what's going on. So no, the masses of people doing shit in the streets right now don't know what the fuck is going on. They have no fucking idea. Most of them are young. Most of them just want to be a part of something. And yet, people on both sides of this, like, well, kill them. Kill them all. You don't kill them all. Talk to them. What the fuck? We all did fucking stupid shit when we were young. But, uh, who goes to a pro... You know why you go to a fucking protest if you're like 20 years old? Because you want to meet chicks, Okay. That, that's like, that's why, you, yeah, give me the fucking sign. You know what the fucking sign says, you know? The sign could say, I like sucking dick for whatever. You don't even look at it because you just want to, you just want to meet chicks. And, and yet we frame these people as the worst of the worst on either side of all of this. People are losing their humanity. I think it may be time to fucking turn all the fucking internet and all this shit off. Like, if the internet were turned off for, like, a week, people wouldn't be so angry about all this. Now, the shit going on over there, I don't know what's going on over there. I have no idea. I don't know what to believe. Like, war propaganda, it's just such an easy thing with modern technology. I, I think that what they're doing probably, at least in part, is Israel has always been a testing ground for... New techniques of propaganda for, for new techniques of surveillance, the, the most sophisticated technology in the world. We heard BBNet and Yahoo talking about how they have more than 100 types of groups of people that live over there. And he volunteered to be, let us be 
the COVID mRNA vaccine testing ground, which is kind of like, I feel like people should remember that. I mean, that's like, like a lot of people who were very pissed off about some of that are very pro BB right now. And I'm like, BB would have fucking jagged you with that shit and used you as a, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's upsetting sometimes. I shouldn't, I'm usually, I don't like to get in this. <laughs> For the best answer, you had a pro trip, cause poop. Yeah, it's cause poop, Yanni. Uh, <laughs> the principality of weeds. And they, they do, they talk about that shit. You know, it's always, well, yeah, it's the, the, uh, the law. We tell them to follow the, uh, the laws of war. What the fuck does that mean? Like they, they say that like everybody's, oh, thank God. I can go back to doing whatever I was doing. Joe just assured me that he assured everybody else, just follow the laws of war. A bunch of people died, but they followed the laws of war. Okay, whatever. That's only okay for people if they have been conditioned to hate one side or the other. And people on both sides of that have been conditioned to do that. It's just, this is why... I got mad at somebody that was a friend of mine recently. I didn't mean to get mad at him, but I got a message from them that they were trying to get me and some other friends to do something. And they used clear emotional appeals and it was kind of deceptive. And it's because they didn't want us to, they didn't want to put up with us like asking what was going on. And I, I was... I, I was been watching all of this and, and I responded to them. I was like, don't fucking use propaganda appeals on me, motherfucker. Don't fucking try and get me to do something without trying to know what's going on. And I got a little pissed because I, I, I did. I apologize for getting mad, but I said, don't, don't try to lie to me. That, that makes me think you're trying to lie to me when you're using the obvious fucking shit that we see them using. Don't be like these motherfuckers. Once you trust the people you're talking to, I, I get it. People are in a hurry. People just want people to go along with shit. But right now, we're in a period of time where, uh, for me anyway, I think we need to fucking trust the people we're talking to to make decisions and say, here's what's going on. I'm not going to lie to you at all. I'm going to give you the information. You decide on your own. Because that is what these motherfuckers pulling the strings don't want. They fear people making decisions for themselves. It's a, uh, unity uh, uh, of the people who aren't up in that fucking tower in the sky fucking their own ass. With what, I mean, just Netanyahu probably has like a 30-foot size... So the Hamas leader, Klaus Schwab, all of them probably just fucked their own ass with giant bullet-sized 30-foot dildos. These people, are, they think we're all stupid. And they think we can't think. And they use these fucking appeals. And they fold up on themselves. And they roll down fucking giant hills sucking their own dicks. And they get up and say, yay, we convinced the people. Like people who roll down hills sucking their own dicks are conning the world into fucking killing each other. We, we don't need to let these dick, these fucking self-dick suckers. God. I've gone way too far again tonight, I think. How, happy Halloween. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it makes me angry. It makes me so angry. I hate it. Do you guys think we're going into World War III? Am I wrong on that? Am I wrong on that shit? I feel like we are. I hope we're not. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong about that. Can't, you can't even bring up Israel. Like, say the word Israel. Say the word Hamas. Well, no, everybody, nobody knows anything about it, you know? It's, it's like, 
everybody who's like yelling at each other about it. They don't know anybody who's ever been to Israel or has ever been to Gaza. They've never been. They're just like, ah, they have no, they don't know shit about it. And they're spending their time screaming till their blood vessels burst about shit they don't know anything about because the people assigned to manipulate them have convinced them that they should hate one or the other. They're all fucking, I just, I need to give that quote for you. So uh, Yoni says what Zionists are doing to Arabs is the same thing British colonists did uh, to our first nation here on Turtle Island, America. Ethnic, it, it, it's, so these arguments here, it, I, I see all sides of these arguments. I, I do, and it, there's just no winning with any of them. There's no, everybody has convinced themselves regardless of where they are, whether you're uh, in, in Gaza or whether you're in Israel, there, there's the appeal that has demonized and dehumanized the other, the other side to the point of, yeah, we need to kill the other side's babies. It's okay which is what they're trying to lead this shit to. And so the logic of all of this, the, the rational conversation of all of this has gone out the window for most of, of, of society. At least that's what they put on the news. I think the reason they kind of took both sides on the news on this in the beginning is because they wanted that to happen. They wanted to make it a clear divide where you can't fucking be with it. Nobody can talk to anybody about it. No rational conversation. It is not wrong to ask questions. And that's what gets me it is I, I, I didn't know shit about you know Israel. I knew a little bit, but not a lot about Israel and Gaza when all this started. And early on in it, I realized I Asking a genuine question gets you yelled at. I'm like, I'm, uh, why are you yelling at me? I, I'm just trying to understand. I'm not going to just blindly take your side, okay? If you want me to take your side and make an argument, but they, they, want, people taking, they want people taking sides, they want to fucking fight. And Denver says, the hypothetical of operative one world government warning the population to secure the future of digital technology and the infrastructure needed to, as it, yeah, you know, I, so, with Ukraine, part of the thing was they wanted to destroy the infrastructure. It, there, I played a bunch of clips of Samantha Powers, the head of the USA aide, who is wife to Cass Sunstein, who was Obama's propagandist. And she, she has been championing that effort. And she said on MSNBC, it's just been a, you know, it's been a blessing that we've been able to expedite the development of the DIA app because it's a silver lining, you know, in this war of Ukraine, because the DIA app is the digital government in a state, which Ukraine is a pilot for, which they promised to be a pilot for, Zelensky did back in 2019. And somehow this war started. They then expedited that process. And she's going around saying, oh, sucks for the war, but at least we got this thing. And now we can export it to other countries in the world now that we got it. And that's just digital tracking of everything you do everywhere. And they wanted to destroy the Ukraine infrastructure because they wanted to build it back better as the model for the, the digital e-government around the world. That's, that's what I think anyway. So I've been asking myself the question, what do they want to destroy? What do they want to rebuild Gaza for in, in terms of the digital stuff? Because you know that's what they're going to do. I mean, I mean that, that, that's, they wouldn't be demolishing all of that infrastructure for nothing. And ignoring the question, of course, nobody ever asked this question. Like, how, how, how is this weird? Please, please tell me if this is wrong. A logical person, I think, w would ask this question. The, 
the Hamas leaders are in luxury apartments and hotels in Qatar. They're in Qatar. Right down the street from U.S. military, uh, uh, information warfare, whatever. We have bases right down the street from them, and they're surrounded by these other people from other, other leaders from other countries. That's where they are, right? The Qatar terrorist army are in the tunnels, right? Okay, so they're in Qatar and they're in the tunnels. This is based on what they've told us. Uh, maybe it's wrong, but this is what they've told us. And the bombing is going towards the infrastructure. What? what? I'm not saying bomb guitar. I'm saying fucking send somebody a guitar and arrest the motherfuckers. Like, who are you going after? Yeah, you want to get rid of the fucking terrorists, but don't sit here and tell me that you have to do these things and follow the laws of war when nobody gives a fuck about the leaders in guitar in the fucking luxury apartments. Like, it's just, it's just like you think we're stupid. But nobody ever talks about that. You can't ask a fucking question about it. If, 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 I'm, if that's a dumb statement I made, then I would happily be corrected, but nobody has ever said anything. They don't ever talk about it. Like, correct me on it if I'm wrong. Why are these Hamas people celebrating and calling for a global day of jihad, you know, getting their dick sucked in a fucking jacuzzi in Qatar? Probably right alongside one of our fucking military heads who's running the base over there. Why is that going on? It's because these people up here are using all of the fucking people down here as fucking pawns. And Edward Bernays said it, Zelensky said it, not Zelensky, uh, um, Saul Zelensky said, never fucking fall for the bullshit ideological propaganda that, that you are controlling your people with. Because as soon as you do it, you're controlled by it too. These motherfuckers aren't controlled by this bullshit, but they know the people that they are sacrificing as pawns and, and the civilians underneath them, whether or not they agree with it or not, are. And it's just, you have to make so many logical leaps, like, like just these logic-proof compartments in your brain. You got to just separate all this information to, to go along with this narrative. This is not a clean-cut narrative they would like it to be. It's so messy. And there's so many parts of it that it's just, they ignore it. And obviously, they ignore it. They don't want people to talk about this shit. It's fucking annoying. I hate them. Yanni says, give me some of that guitar, Be Becky, Bre yeah, right, they're getting a lot of guitar, 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 Becky, of there, it's just, <laughs> nations like Iraq and Ukraine getting destroyed, I want, yeah, right, it's, and, and you know what's going to happen in like 10 years, or 5 years probably, is a lot of people who survived both of these wars are going to be disillusioned, they're going to have gone through hell. Seen people they cared about die, probably killed people, uh, probably have nightmares about it. You know, people don't want to do that. Most people don't want to do that. You, you, you got to be compelled. The propaganda has to break your psychological resistance to wanting to kill other human beings. Uh, Laswell talks about that in, in the book, and, and, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah, there's people who do that in the world, but most people have empathy. M most people, if they met in other circumstances, be totally cool. And there's, there's definitely tons of Israelis and tons of Palestinians that if they met in other circumstances and had no idea what, what they were, that they have other common interests and they would get along fantastically. It, that, that's definitely true. 
The thing that prevents any of that from happening is this ideological religious warfare that makes people just see one and one thing only, but not for the sake of their, their salvation, for the sake of those motherfuckers in Qatar. It's just, yeah, yeah, Yanni, that, that's... So last, I need to pull that quote up for you guys. I was going to save that, but... I, I, I mean, I don't know if this helps anybody who's buying into it, but this is the same playbook that they, they've used for hundreds of years. It is, there's one quote where he's like, you have to convince people that Christians, he says, that they can follow Jesus and also kill. And you got to find the right people to communicate that message to them. This is 1927 that he wrote this. Hold on one second to find it. Let's find the Jesus. There it is. Jesus. And, and I'll say this. I, I said it earlier, I, I pray. I, I don't, I have no idea how we got here or why. I, 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 I found prayer to be uh, helpful in many instances in my life. I, I don't, I don't criticize anybody for, for their religion until they start trying to use it to justify bad things. When, you need to be asking questions in those situations. It's not evil to. All right, here it is. This is what it says. This is from a propaganda technique in World War. Here's what Laswell says. He says, all the specific means of conquering the, uh, conquering the evil are and should be glorified. The cult of battle requires that every form of common uh, exertion, enlistment, food saving, munition, uh, munition making, killing the enemy, should have the blessing of all the holy sentiments. In Christian countries, precautions must be taken to calm the doubts of those who undertake to such a book as the Bible, uh, uh, as the Bible to, uh, let me read that again, sorry. In Christian countries, precautions must be taken to calm the doubts of those who undertake to give such a book as the Bible an inconvenient interpretation. So that, that, I thought that was really interesting. Make sure you don't let people interpret it the wrong way. And then he says, it's, it is always expedient to circulate the arguments of the preachers and priests who are willing to explain how you can follow Jesus and kill your enemies. Like, that to me... That hit me in the gut when I read that again earlier today. Like, that just feels like why we have the Speaker of the House that we have. It is, you know, there's many, many interpretations of the Bible. Let's make sure we get BB Netanyahu and we get whoever out here to let people know that this is it, baby. Jesus is coming back. I, do you believe anybody who says that? So there's like this one congressperson, Ben Shapiro, man. So Ben Shapiro, I've always, I've talked about him on the show a lot because with him, it's always been like, yeah, the guy will say relevant points domestically, but every time there's a chance to just have war, he just gets super, you know, horny and he'll propagandize anything. And people I know buy into him. I, I don't get it. See, got to spread through the good Lord's message. Yeah, yeah. Mike Johnson's. I agree. I don't like Mike Johnson at all. I don't know who he is. I, I he's. I don't like this. So, I don't know what y'all's religious background are. Who, who, or uh, if you've been religious in your life, who are watching live right now. 
I, I've, I've always, I've, had, I've asked questions, but I've, I've, I've been spiritual at times. I've been less spiritual at others. I've always prayed. I do believe in the, in a higher power, and uh, the, I, I've prayed to God to help me in instances, and and I feel like God has. Uh, that that's what it's felt like, and. But I've also, the people who I've asked, so I've had some people in my life who were one of my friends in high school, one of my good friends. His dad was a preacher at a church that my family went to, and he was a great preacher. He did the sermon at my, my mom's funeral, just just one of the best guys you're ever going to meet in your life. And so I used to ask my, my friend, and I would ask him questions, and you, you know what they never did? They, they never tried to pressure me. They were never rude. They were never jerks. And And... and I haven't spoken to them about this, but I'm fairly confident that they would not be okay with, with the narrative that's going on right here. The, the, the people that I have known who have been truly religious have also been questioning. Let's make sure, recognizing that there can be manipulation that goes on with this. And to me, this feels like something that they're just trying to exploit people who badly want to see the rapture happen. Ben Shapiro reminds me of an uh, androgynous Pat. And he kind of does. Pat from SNL, Denver. Totally. <laughs> so Yanni studied at uh, a Benedictine monastery and Catholic seminary, training at... Really? Wow. So what are your thoughts on this, Yanni? Like, do you, are, you, are you a religious person still? I, I don't know what... I, I don't know what's going on in the world. I, I've... I've always kind of thought that it would be weird if every if God if people went to hell and they were good people but they just made the wrong guess. That's what the logic brain in me says. Like I, I grew up in a Christian family and I want to lean and I I, I believe in the, the the morality of it, but I've always felt like I know people who weren't. I have Jewish friends, really close friends of mine are Jewish. And I'm like, but there's different, different beliefs there. I, I don't, they shouldn't go somewhere else because they're great people. You know, what about animal? It's just, I don't think we have a clue what happens in the afterlife. I really, I don't think we have a clue what happens in the afterlife. Let's see. Um, see, I got some comments over here. I didn't mean to ignore uh, Rumble over here. Right, they should. Uh, they should yeah, scoop that guy up. That's what I'm saying. Rumble, I see uh, the panda is, uh, I, I don't think, so as long as they're demanding hostage stuff, scoop up the guy from, from Qatar. Scoop him up. Spir spiritually, yes. Religiousness. So Yanni, who went to Catholic seminary, you are, you're spiritual, but not religious. Is it because religious seems to lead to what we're seeing right now where people are, can be kind of hardened, radicalized for war without question. I, I just, the, I can't remember that guy's name who was one of the UFO. He's, he, he's the guy who talks like this, a member of House of Congress. He goes on CNN all the time. And he's like, he goes, ma'am, I, 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 we're going to get to the bottom. Of, I think he's from Tennessee. We're going to get to the bottom of the UFO thing. And he was interviewed by CNN the other day, and he was like, I'm one of those people who thinks Jesus is coming back and I'm on his side. Look, maybe, but doesn't that seem kind of weird that you got to kill all these people? It's just, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm not religious enough to, I don't know. Religiosity is a form of propaganda in my, yeah, me too, Yanni. I've started to, that's that's really a tough conclusion to come to, you know, because you don't want to come to that. At least I've struggled with that because you look at the history we've been taught and everything that we've been told is true since we were kids. And when you get older, you realize that that most of that is bullshit, if not all of it, and that certain people write history. Hopefully you're learning the history that good people write, the people who want to project morals, but you really don't know what's true. If we fast forward 100 years from now, the kids who are in public schools are probably going to be learning about the great insurrection of January 6th, which is bullshit. I mean, I hope that's not what they're learning about, but if they are, then that's uh, unfortunate because they're not learning a true history of it, but it will probably be blown up. There'll probably be statues and, you know, just, uh, uh, Adam Schiff and just, the worst person on the planet, Adam Schiff, who would, you know, the, the President Logan from 24, just immoralized. It, it's just, it makes you start to question everything you ever knew. And it's hard to question everything you learned in history as a kid and not question the religious aspect of it especially when you see other people believe different religions. It's hard to say everybody else is wrong, but that doesn't mean anybody's bad people though. So nobody's bad people just because they believe different shit. I think it was David Icke that kind of maps all of the religions back to one. I have to, I think I was high years ago and I watched that, but I believe that's what he does. But it just doesn't seem like a radical thing to say, Hey, we can all agree that we've been lied to as kids about history and other stuff. And most people who are about around my age, born in the 80s, I think would agree to that. I, it's hard to, to think everybody can agree to that, but everybody can agree. Maybe some of the other stuff was a little bit of a deception also. But that doesn't mean anything. Is, that doesn't mean that you're bad or anybody's bad or anything's invalidated. I don't know is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that if that is the case, logically then maybe we shouldn't be so hard on people who disagree with us. Maybe everybody should not be so fucking hard on people who disagree. That's what pisses me off. It's like misgendering. You know, I don't give a shit what, you, what gender you want to be. I don't fucking care. Just don't get mad at me if I, if I make a mistake. You don't yell at me. That's when I get mad. And, that, and I think that's what they want. Is, is, is this getting offended is what enables them and getting angry because people are different or they do something that you've been led to believe is wrong is what enables them to control society because everybody's just looking to be pissed off when somebody gets whoever or whatever they are wrong. Like, I think that that, it boils down to that shit. If everybody was just fucking cool, like, ah, fuck, we all believe different shit, let's be cool to people, their whole fucking empire would collapse. Fuck them, dude. Denver says, Yanni... Uh, and a n d i you know a n i w o d i which is why I view what's happening with Israel as a trigger for something non-religious. I agree too. I agree it's a trigger for something non-religious. Uh, um, strategically tied to fulfilling a prophecy. That that whole Bibi Netanyahu and the fulfilling of the prophecy thing it blows my mind. I, I feel like they're like let's let's roll the dice. That's what it feels like to me. I feel like they looked at it and they said this is going to be a bold play but let's go with the filling for profit. You know, let's see who goes with it. Because maybe 10 years ago, if you roll the, I am the prophecy card, people are going to go, ah, 
Uh, that's, I don't think so. But I feel like right now they said people are wild enough and divided enough and extreme enough right now to blindly, without question, say, this is the prophecy. The guy who forced his population to get COVID shots and openly admitted they were using the whole Israeli population as a testing ground for the mRNA vaccine is the guy who's letting us know that the prophecy is, is coming in. The same fucking war propaganda tactic they've been used for a hundred fucking years. It's, and so I should say this. The people of, uh, of Israel are victims. Uh, they're victims to not only w- w- what happened when uh, uh, Hamas came in there, but also to their own government who's using them as pawns for their own War and whatever the hell else they want to cause World War III and shift the great power dynamics of the world. And America is set to be knocked back. I just, I, I can't say this enough and I need to follow it myself. Get all your shit. Get, get your water. Get your guns. Be cool to people, but be prepared. This has never been a better time to legit be prepared. All right. I've, I, I, so I did it again. Good old Black and, and uh, Snantaberry. Yanni says, Denver, that is why we have a peace pipe. Yeah, right. So what, if you could just get everybody in the room, they could all smoke a joint together. <laughs> everybody be cool, you know? <laughs> but they don't, they don't let them do that. Oh, man. Okay, I think I got to get out of here. I, I once again have... Uh, hey, thanks for hanging out in the chats, guys. I know I was doing a middle-of-the-night thing because I'm going to be out tomorrow, but I just wanted to get something up. But I, I appreciate the conversation that you guys... You guys uh, stimulated a lot of interesting thoughts for me, so I do appreciate that. And uh, thank you for everybody who uh, was commenting on Rumble. And I, did, I don't even—I think I might have missed a lot of the YouTube chats, but I appreciate you guys hanging out, and I love you guys. And I think we should—this is gay sounding, but I think we should uh, try to demonstrate love as much as possible. It's so hard. It's so hard not to get mad so hard when everything is trying to make you mad. It's tough. But people are people. Elites are fucking elites trying to con us. Fuck them, dude. Fuck them all. Happy Halloween, guys. We will talk to you next time. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Have a fantastic rest of your day.